Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello, and welcome to 2019 and season two of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession. My name is Sarah Karakayan. I am a professional organizer, and I am super pumped to be hosting this value-packed podcast. We are starting a new year. I can't even believe it's 2019. It feels like yesterday that we were recording episode one and I had Gerilyn Thomas on the show and it was awesome. And now a whole year later, we have 24 episodes in the bag, all amazing. If you haven't caught up with them, please do. And know that we're doing this podcast for you, our listeners. So now that a year has gone by, if there's anything you want to hear or want us to touch on, feel free to reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts because ultimately this is for you. We want you to learn and grow your business professionally and grow your business personally as well. So New Year's means new goals and new aspirations, right? But in order to know where we're going, we need to revisit where we've been and what we learned. So today we are chatting with Amy Vance of Eco Modern Concierge to see how this professional organizer is preparing for the new year and making adjustments to her business to make sure it continues to be a success. Always keeping the environment in mind, Amy and her team have served the Houston, Texas area, I believe, since 2005. Her services range from residential to business. Amy and her team can give a home a full green makeover or help families move from one place to another and everything in between. Amy holds her master's degree in commerce and future studies from the Houston, the University of Houston. She is involved in her local NAPO chapter and the National Concierge Association of Greater Houston Eco Modern Concierge was voted one of the best home organizers in Houston in both 2017 and 2018, and I am sure Amy has her eyes set on being recognized in 2019. So, Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We are excited to have you, and you are, you know, although people listening to the podcast might just be, you know, listening from episode to episode, but you are our first guest of 2019, and I couldn't be more excited to have you here. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So why don't you give our listeners a little background on you? You've been in business for a long time. Was I correct? It was 2005 that you officially started your business? Yeah. So I had started um, when I was in college back at the University of Houston. I was getting my undergrad and I was working for a pipeline company in the oil and gas industry. And I started doing my business on the side to pay for college, um, live and do fun things like go study abroad. So then it kind of morphed into a full-time gig once I started grad school. And so I quit my oil and gas job and went full-time and I've been doing it ever since. So here we are. I love it. So you said morphed into full-time and I know a lot of our listeners maybe haven't made the plunge yet into starting their own business or maybe they're like they were where you were kind of part-time, kind of like a side hustle. How does a business morph into being full-time? Did you just decide to focus on it? So therefore, what you focused on kind of expanded? Did the clientele just really need you and you had you found yourself to be too busy? Like, how did that happen? 
So I started getting referrals. And at the time when I was doing it part-time, I could only do it during my non-working hours, which was, you know, during the day. So I could only do it in the evenings or weekends. And so when that started to grow and the demand started growing, I decided that it was just time when I knew I could fill those days in the slots. I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't just smooth sailing and everything but you know, went into place right after that, but it was a lot of hard work and I haven't looked back. So I love that. Did you do anything to prepare yourself for leaving the cushier job for going out on your own or how did that, what did that look like? So what I did, I prepared to prepare, of course, I researched the industry tremendously and what I needed to do, you know, whether it was insurance or license wise and taxes and, you know, there's all this stuff that goes into owning your own business, as you know, and there was a lot of research and a lot of reading that went involved until I felt extremely comfortable and then had sources of some revenue that I could do. So that's where, that's when I took the leap. Gotcha. And do you think starting your business while still in college, or I guess I want to ask you, what were the benefits and what were the setbacks to starting a business in college versus waiting till you had your master's degree and maybe had been a little bit more settled in your adult life and then starting a business? Like, have you ever thought about that? Yeah. So when I started in college, I think, you know, my confidence wasn't where it is obviously today. And then also having just different, you know, challenges because I do look very young for my age. I mean, I'm in my thirties, but I do have a very young looking face. So it's hard to get, you know, those are challenges I had to overcome people like what she's giving me, you know, tell me what to do. So those were challenges. I think that was number one, like a hard challenge, but you know, I've, you know, an introvert inside, but I've been forced to be an extrovert. And so when people meet me today, a lot of times, They don't believe that I'm just a super, super introverted person that wants to just hang out at home. And (laughs) (laughs) No, we have to dig into that because I will tell you, I think that's one of the biggest fears for a large chunk of people who know they want to start their own thing, but they're like, but how do I put myself out there? And then you had the challenge of my, so my sister's a therapist and she also looks very young for her age. So I know she's struggled with the same sorts of things. So do you have like, what did you find that worked for you? Did you have like an accountability partner where you're like, I'm going to go network and talk to at least five people or in, you know, in today's session with my client, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to put myself in that leadership position. Like what did you do to help you overcome those natural tendencies to kind of, you know, be introverted. So for me to overcome it, I had to, you know, I I just forced myself. I said, this is my livelihood and I have to do it. I'm on my own. And there, I had no other choice. I didn't have any backup plan. I didn't have, you know, anybody else to support me, but me, myself and I. So with that, that was motivation enough for me, but you know, going to networking, I mean, networking is so tough in general. So yeah. you know, at that time, it, I had to force myself to try new things and join different groups and associations and see what worked for me. So that's what I did. Did you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Because wanting to start your own business to put yourself through college, I mean, most people just get a job or maybe, you know, it's that extra layer of starting your own business on top of being in college. How did you think that you could just start your own job and it would help you with your college and help you with, I know you said studying abroad. So what made you take that leap so, so early on? You know, it was, I did not come from a family of entrepreneurs. My uncle, you know, has his own company, but it was just, I always had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. I was always trying to, you know, make stuff and sell it when I was younger with friends and, (laughs) uh, you know, the things you do when you're younger and 
I just, I loved it. I think I loved the, just meeting different people all the time. Cause there's, it was just so interesting to me to find like just this whole world of different resources and people and the culture and Houston's very rich culturally. And so it's just, I just enjoyed it. And I, that's what kind of motivated me to keep on going. So. I love it. It sounds, you make it sound so easy. And, and I think, and I think that's great because I think people can see that, you know, like you discuss your challenges of being more of an introvert and, and feeling like you look young for your age, but still you didn't let that stop you from chasing after this, this very big thing that a lot of people are afraid to jump into. And I, and I think that that's pretty magical. So, and you're still in business today. I mean, that's also to be commended. Yes, I love it. I do want to point out it, it hasn't been always, you know, I'm sure <laughs> sunshine. sunshine. It's, it's been hard, but you'd come overcome those challenges. And I think because you just, you just can't give up. Like if something doesn't work, I mean, it just, you have to keep on pushing through. You have to find another outlet. I mean, you'll get criticism. You'll get said no 5 million times, but you can't let that stop you. So if you really want to do it. Absolutely. And I think you find out if you really want to do it when times get tough, right? Like whether you decide to kind of throw in the towel or to push through. And I mean, I don't know about you, but in my business, I've definitely had some tears. I've had some (laughs) outbursts. (laughs) But you think about the alternative and you're like, no, I still want to do this. So I'm going to, I'm going to persevere. So you've been in business then technically for, if I'm doing my math right, 14 years almost, right? Or Almost. It's going to be um, 2019 coming up is definitely going to mark the 14 year mark, which is kind of unbelievable because I look at other people in the industry and I feel like I'm still learning so much every single day, every year. And there's so, and I, you know, it just is hard to believe. So. Yeah. I, but you know, I think, I think it's good to always be learning. I mean, we've had people on the podcast who've been in business for much, much longer than that. And they're still learning or pivoting or making sure that things feel fresh and new to them so that they remain excited. So I think that's okay. And I know that you know that's okay too. How has your business evolved over these 14 years? Are you still offering the same services you did at first or have you added and changed? Like, well, how, how has your business changed over the years? So having a concierge business, I have always done organizing and personal assistance. So it kind of both evolved with each other when you're at clients' homes. So like, could you just go, I have this UPS package. Could you just go drop this off, you know, or whatever right. it may be. So I used to offer more pet sitting and house sitting for clients. And I no longer offer that. I think it's still a lucrative business for anybody who's wants to get started as an entrepreneur and do it in college. And I think it's great. But for me, I just didn't want to have that realm in my business anymore. So I kind of narrowed down my focus and focus mostly organizing and then personal assistance as well. So is that where the concierge service comes in um, tailoring to the homeowner or the business owner and making sure you're making their life easier, right? Absolutely. Kind of managing just the flow and streamline of everything that happens in a daily life to hopefully make it less stressful and get your stuff done. Right. Do you, do you see the concierge service at Wayne Me Organizing or is there, are they pretty equal or what does your business look like in that regard? So it kind of uh, varies. So December was very personal assistant heavy because we offered gift wrapping services and shopping. We always offer those services, but it was very heavy in December, of course, and it always is. 
And there were these little, you know, organization projects here and there, people trying to do stuff for the holidays to get it done before guests came or husbands trying to surprise wives for Christmas, (laughs) you know, all these little things, which was great with the organization's uh, side. But going into 2019, now it's picking up a lot with organization, as we all probably know in the industry, it's a big time for goal setting and people, um, a lot of their goals are getting organized. So, but on an average, I would say it's half and half, you know, every, some months it's heavier on one side, some months it's lighter on others. So. Well, I have a question that's kind of twofold and it's, I'm sure now you've been in business for so long, you kind of know what seasons are more organizing heavy and what seasons are more concierge heavy. How do you find your, how do your clients find you or how do you find your clients? And then do you, and if advertising is involved, uh, do you tailor that in anticipation of those seasons? So I do very little to none advertising. Awesome. Um, most of my marketing are the way is referrals at this point from past clients, Google searches, and also surprisingly in 2018, this was a big shift. Um, you know, social media has been around for quite some time, but I had an influx of Instagram uh, users contact me this year. And um, that was a very interesting shift. Um, I'm kind of surprised, kind of not surprised uh, based on how it went. And then I also started doing, you know, I, I'll do some other things on Google and whatnot here and there, but I don't see the best marketing. I know everybody always says this, but it's word of mouth. It really is. It's your friends and family and getting out there. And so that has been great for me through the years. And when you say doing things on Google, do you mean updating your website with a blog or do you mean asking your past clients to leave you Google reviews? What what does that look like for you? Yeah. So lots of Google reviews. I have done some, you know, Google ads here and there, but honestly, I think the number one thing is is coming through past clients or social media and people seeing me that way. So absolutely okay. And then I um, before we jump into kind of the topic of today's podcast, I always like to dig into people's businesses because our listeners are really interested in how different businesses in different locations operate. You, the name of your company is it has the word eco in it, and I know it's a really important aspect of your business. Have you always been conscious about the environment and sustainability and that sort of thing? And how do your clients react to it? Is that why they reach out to you? Is that just a bonus when they reach out to you? What are, what's your feedback on, on that? So for me, it's, it is really important to me. I will say that I never force it upon my clients because that can be a big turnoff. But people who reach out to me a lot of times are very interested and I've already set a lifestyle, whether that's recycling or changing, you know, certain clean products or, you know, whatever it may, people have different levels and shades of green that they are in their life. And I'm happy to cater to all those needs. I try to, you know, trip plan as much as possible, try to recycle, donate. We donate probably, I mean, 95 to 97% of the stuff that goes out of clients, we try to donate um, to local charities here in the Houston area and giving back if at all possible. I've had clients, uh, you know, during the hurricane last year here in Houston, so many people lost stuff. And so clients who were getting rid of furniture, they would just let some of my contacts just come in and just take that furniture. I mean, they were just amazingly giving. And so, you know, everybody is different on what they want, but I try to be mindful when I can. But like I said, I never force it in an untasteful way to, to be sure. Able. Sure. It's interesting that some people, I think they don't quite understand what it means. And so therefore they're a little bit 
more timid to embrace it. So I, I think that's an in, like, have you, so I guess my, I'm, my roundabout way of asking you this is, have you felt pushback? And that's why you've become more, maybe that's not the first thing you'd lead with when you meet with a client, or have you always kind of known, like, I'm not going to push it. It's in my title. If they want to talk about it, great. Or how does that play out when you react? I, no, I have never really received pushback. That's not the reason. You know, you can kind of gauge when people, you know, will or won't. So if I'm, you know, there comes a point when I can say something like we should, you know, recycle this or donate this. And somebody just really wants to get it in the trash and out that I'm okay. Like if we're just making progress, I'm not gonna, you know, go one way. So I haven't had pushback. It's just, I know that's how I believe and I will mention it and people are okay. I mean, more than likely if you mention something or talk about it, they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, so it, it just depends on who the person is. And I have had people specifically reach out to me because they know that I have eco practices and I'm not just going to do something a certain way. So, And if someone listening wants to also offer eco-friendly services, but maybe they don't have, they, they feel like they don't have the education behind them, how can they make their business more eco-friendly? Is there any resources out there that you've um, hung on to or that you've started on your own where you could direct those organizers or productivity specialists to kind of strengthen that side? Sure. So there's so many blogs out there that have a ton of resources. I mean, just Googling, you can find so many bloggers. But NAPO has a SIG, a special interest group called the EcoSIG that I'm a part of as well. And you can, if you're a part of NAPO, then you can go on there and, you know, ask to join. And there's, we have tons of resources and it's a great group that has everybody from all over the, you know, in the industry have resources that you may not have thought of. And so we look at, you know, somebody has something in California, then I tried to find that resource, you know, here in Houston or Texas, and you may not know about it, but, you know, there's... I would say, you know, just Googling. And then if you're a part of NAPO, then I highly suggest looking into the special interest group here. So yeah, let's talk about your involvement with your associations. Did you start your memberships with both NAPO? And I know you belong to the the concierge association as well. At the beginning, did you know that they, they would be value adds for you and your business? Or did that come with time? And then what have they brought to you and your business? So that came with time. I think I joined NAPO in 2011. So I had been in business for quite some time, but I know it was something I was looking at for a while and I just didn't, for whatever reason, I can't remember, didn't make the jump. And then I didn't make the jump to NAPO Houston for various reasons until a couple of years ago. But I have to say with those associations, I'm so glad that I did because wow, what a wealth of information. And I didn't go to my first NAPO conference until I think two or three years ago, and I definitely go every year now. I mean, that's like a must. And especially now that it's going to be in Texas in 2019, so I can't go, so I have to go. But the Greater Houston Concierge Association, I, that's a newly formed uh, chapter here in Houston. And so I had joined last year when they became in, here in Houston, and I'm the director of philanthropy for them So right now. And you know, I think having these resources, you don't know how much value add. And it's not just the, you know, information that you get, but it's being with the members and being able to connect. And you think you may know a great deal about something until you talk to someone else and you're like, wow, you know. So I highly, highly recommend if you are starting a business or wanting to get into it to definitely look into your associations that are local and national because I really think it's a value add and I really don't know 
what I would do without these associations right now. So I agree 100%. And and because you're tapped into everyone else who belongs, it's kind of this value add for your clients too, don't you think? Because if you have if they have a question that you don't have the answer to right away, you know you can tap into hundreds of people and ask them and get an answer back for your client super fast. So yeah, depending on what your area of expertise is, there are associations out there for everyone. And I agree with you. I think, I think they're kind of a no brainer. Oh, absolutely. And I would just add on, like you said, for your clients, a value add for your clients, but even like the Houston chapter here, we have private Facebook group and people put on there all the time. I need help on this job or I need, you know, this. And so it's, you can potentially for new organizers, there's so many new organizers here in Houston that get jobs pretty regularly because people need an extra set of hands. So, you know, that's something to definitely look into. Absolutely. It's a great way to get started when you're new as well. Maybe, you know, if you feel ready to join something like that, that's what it can bring to you and your newer business. So I love that. Okay. We are going to take a very quick break and hear a message from Napo. But when we're back, we're going to talk about 2019 and what you're doing, Amy, to kind of position yourself for another recognition in Houston and for another year of successful business. So we will be right back. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals is proud to offer NAPO University courses in various formats to accommodate different learning styles and further your education when and how you wish. And don't forget about the NAPO Annual Conference being held April 3rd through the 7th in Fort Worth, Texas, featuring pre-conference workshops, over 30 concurrent sessions, President's Reception and Keynote Speakers, Michelle Prince, and New York Times bestselling author of The Happiness Project, Gretchen Rubin. More information can be found online at napo.net. All right, we are back. We have Amy Vance here, and it is 2019, and we are going to talk about changes, trends, either within the industry, specifically of organizing, personal assistance, productivity, and then business in general. So Amy, the first thing I want to bring up is you kind of already brought it up, but it's social media. Like you said, it's been around for a while, but you said in 2018, you kind of got some feedback from Instagram and I, and I, and I'm assuming you got some jobs out of being on that social media platform. Is that correct? Yes, I did. Um, it was very interesting to see the shift this year, especially because I'm not the one that has the most followers, you know, here in Houston, organizing wise or, or whatnot, but you see these trends that are happening in the industry and what people are wanting. And so I have to say it's with the hashtags that has helped the business. So, Ooh, so what hashtags do you think contribute to you getting found? So I think it's using your local whatever city you may be in saying, you know, professional organizer, Houston or, or whatnot, but uh, just putting those hashtags out there so people can find you and then using your city, I would say, you know, using your city, especially and location tags. So on your posts and stuff. Right. Do you use um, Instagram stories as well as posting in your feed? I do. I don't use it. I go through spurts. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of forget why I get in the mode working with clients, but I try to um, use them regularly. So you'll see, I'll get on and talk a lot on one day specifically <laughs> about yeah. stuff that's going on. And, uh, you know, recently I'm like, I'm going to post everything that's happened in the, you know, past two to three months soon. You'll see. Um, but <laughs> I have to say, I do try to get on weekly and post my availability on Insta stories. 
because people have reached out saying, oh, I do have that time. I would, can I book that? And so that has really helped um, try to, you know, when I'm having maybe a slower week um, to put that on there and hopefully try to book it. It's just another avenue I've tried. So. That is super smart, Amy. So you mentioned it, you know, you say you don't have the the most followers out of the organizers in the Houston area, but you're still seeing engagement. You're seeing return on your investment of time. I'm assuming you're not always advertising on Instagram. So would you say to those listening who maybe aren't on Instagram or aren't giving it the time of day because they feel like they don't have enough quote unquote followers that it's worth it? I definitely think it's worth it. I think everything that you do is worth it in some way um, if you're kind of consistent with it. I mean, I can't get on every single day Instagram and, you know, Facebook and Twitter. It, it's just very hard to do it all because it becomes very overwhelming. Right. But I think if you have an action plan and, you know, place for yourself and just communicate. I do think Instagram or Insta stories have helped. I think people like seeing behind the scenes. That's definitely, you know, they like to see inside your life, uh, you yeah. know, for. And so, you know, there is a fine line that I try to do with Insta stories of private and, you know, business, uh, but sometimes, you know, it morphs in because people want to see your outside of your work life as well. So they do. How often are you posting a photo or video onto your feed? Well, I try to do it, you know, several times a week, but I think if I do at least once a week, it, you know, because it's changed. If you know, like Instagram, more people want to see stories than they do scroll through a feed because the algorithm is a little off. And, right. you know, you know how it is. And so, you know, I try to post at least once a week and, and then Facebook is different. I try to, you know, put my blog posts on there, links to that and stuff. So you have to work at it and, uh, be, and I would also say be responsive. Right. I think I, people who message me, whether they're looking to get into the industry or they're already in the industry. I try to always respond to somebody in some way. So like here in Houston, we have with Napo Houston, we have coffee and conversation. So I invite people who are interested, like, Hey, come to our coffee and conversation this month or whatever it may be. So, right. to learn more, so. just kind of be open arms to those and not just post and then ghost as they say, <laughs> like be there <laughs> yeah, exactly. and respond. Yeah. I love that. People know there's a beating heart behind that account. So if you've noticed the, sh- the shift in 2018, you've seen a return on that investment. Are you looking forward to implementing anything new and different with social media here in 2018? Well, I would like to do more Insta stories on a regular so people can see on a daily basis. But I also have, you know, in my agreements with clients, sometimes clients don't want their home or their projects posted or videoed. Sure. So I have to respect that. So that's a fine line, but I do, there are several things that I can do, you know, be more proactive on with behind the scenes videos. And I think I'm going to try to focus more on that because I have gotten the most responses from that and people like interacting with you and I like interacting with others. And so it's, it's always fun. Great. Any other, what else for 2019 are you kind of writing down and wanting to focus on, or you noticed have, it's been changing over the past couple of years and you kind of want to find a dig, finally dig in anything in particular? So with 2019, I think I want to streamline a lot more in my business. It I had 2018 was a really great year for growth. It was just a really good year um, all around business wise and just seeing the how the industry has changed and what people are looking for. And I learned a lot. I learned there's a lot of challenges in 2018 as well. So I think I want to streamline a lot more things. I did several commercial projects, which I enjoyed. They, some were tougher than others, but 
man, it was really rewarding at the same time. And this year I had larger teams than I've ever had in the past. So I need to, you know, really define what I want with a team. So that's where I'm kind of focusing on and and deciding what, where I want to go from there. So I need to just tidy up some things a little bit. Sure. And when you say streamline, do you have any process for that? Like, are you, are you sitting down and writing things, these things out and then telling someone who's going to hold you accountable or are are you, are there, is there an app that you're excited to use to help you manage all of the things you want to focus on or how are you physically doing this? Maybe someone who doesn't even know what streamlining means might be able to take from that. So I actually have a checklist. Now, if I use it all the time, I mean, that's debatable. (laughs) With every client, I have a checklist of what I want to do. And actually, if you're looking in the organizing industry, Gerilyn um, has some great templates and resources as well that you can purchase from her with checklists and templates and all kinds of things. So for me, I am just trying to focus on, you know, when something, doing stuff immediately and not waiting as, you know, whether that's with the billing or whatnot. Mm. Um, so this year I did get uh, QuickBooks and man, that has been, and that has been a life changer and saver. And I don't know why I did not use that before, but, uh, <laughs> and I'm reinvesting in, you know, certain resources um, back into my business and really trying to learn, like do things that I need to learn. So me spending, you know, eight hours with the accountant to really learn, learn what I need to do. Right. Uh, you know, it may have been expensive costs, but man, I, it has just, uh, that's something that has helped my business a lot. Just knowing because finances are scary. And so yeah. you have to know like how much you should be taking for your taxes because they will, you know, creep up on you and you'll be sticker shocked. I mean, when you're writing that quarterly check or for me, I, you know, yeah, right. Uh, so me trying to just make sure on the business side and with clients, you know, doing the proper follow-up and um, follow-up really helps with clients. They want to know that you do care and you're checking in and saying like, Hey, how's it going? Whether you, I don't necessarily have the agenda of wanting, you know, to have another project right immediately, but I really do care like how they're doing and like, did something that we did not work How And then thinking, well, can I change that with a different client? You know, you know, so just right. kind of tweaking things. Do you use any sort of, I don't know, CRM or self-built system that helps you remember? Because, I, I, you know, 2018 was a year of growth and I'm sure there are some clients who maybe you just worked with on a project and it was just a day. How do you remember how to touch base with all those clients? Is there anything that you can suggest? So I use um, different programs. So I use 17 hats, which I send agreements with. And then I use Wonderlist as an app that I use and have different clients within that Wonderlist app. I am very much a visual person. So I like to physically handwrite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I constantly take notes um, personally. And, you know, at the end of the day, I kind of reevaluate what needs to be done. So I need to make sure the invoices get sent or at least started with right. my time logged or and there's all different kinds of apps and things that you can do, you know, keeping track of time and, you know, if you have contractors having their time and all that. But I just kind of, for me, I write down at the end of the day what we did and that way I know. And then I write detailed what we did at the project just so I can kind of touch base if there's any questions or, you know, whatnot with myself, you know, when I'm trying Absolutely. to do the invoices. So. 
I think actually it's so simple, but we in our business have done the same thing where we make it a priority to take 30 minutes to write a detailed recap of the day. I mean, because little details that end up being important pieces of information for our clients or for vendors end up being super helpful if you can recall them and taking the time to sit down and get those typed out. Maybe it's just something no one ever sees but you, but you can recall what happened that day, I think is a game changer. Oh my gosh, I totally agree. Yeah, it's simple. It's You don't need fancy apps. You really just need like a Word doc or even your hand or whatever. But I agree with you. Just taking the time to do that will help you stay more organized and productive. <laughs> How about anything in our industry as it relates to organizing and productivity? You mentioned this year is a year of growth. Do you think there are trends people are 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 hiring professionals like us more often? Do you think we're getting more recognition? Do you think, what do you think is happening in 2018 and and bleeding over in 2019? So yes, I do think there's more recognition. Obviously, you know, you have Marie Kondo, you have Instagram accounts like the Neat Method and the Home Edit, and everybody wants to see, you know, pretty on. Yes. (laughs) But, you know, at the same time, you know, pretty, you have to be functional, as you know, and pretty is great, but those aren't always the way people live. So as I see more and more people contacting me, you know, through Instagram and, and whatnot, you have to, you know, I I hope that people are understanding that you have to be functional and, you know, certain things as it can be pretty and functional. It's just, you have to know that it's not all, what you see is not always (laughs) how reality is. Right. Um, But with that said, also, I have seen an influx in maintenance programs. So I have done a lot of very pretty amazing transformations in 2018. Um, But I have also increased my maintenance programs with clients. So they have me come in either once a month or once every couple of months to help maintain that system for them, you know, because well, life happens. So, you know, so that has been, I see probably more maintenance plans in 2019. Uh, You know, I'm speaking for myself, but also things that I'm just seeing as I'm out there and online. So sure. And then I have noticed 2018, people don't want to be, did not be involved as much. I'm not an organizer that requires that you have to be there Why I'm there. Granted, depending on what it is, it's always helpful, as we all know. But I think in 2019, there's going to be more of an influx of people wanting these mini transformations while they're at work during the day. So, but that requires a team and, you know, time. So it just, those are things that I see in 2019 definitely happening. And then also people just wanting accountability. 2018, I had a lot of clients that just wanted me to be there as they were going through stuff because you need that accountability. You need somebody to ask you the questions, you know, do I need this? Is this going to be functional in my life or whatever it may be. So I see an increase of that in 2019 being people wanting more accountability partners versus, you know, some other form, you know, just absolutely. I think it's going to be a mix. I think I really do think it's going to be a mix of things. It's funny. I think, you know, I don't have these stats in front of me, but whenever Pinterest came out, I feel like a few years of people just falling in love with this never ending scroll of gorgeous images and our projects and our recipes and our organizing, organized spaces. And I feel like finally people have had the time to try these things themselves and realize that it takes forever to style a photo and get the lighting just right and to get these, these pictures looking 
perfect and that you said life happens. So can we talk about these maintenance programs? We I've never talked about this on the podcast yet. And I think it's, and I too have done a lot of maintenance for our clients. And I would love to hear how you're tackling that. Are you offering special pricing as opposed to the first time you came into their home? Or what what does that look like for you and your clients? What's working? So for me, no, I, you know, my rate is my rate, but we follow up at the end of the session and say, a lot of times get something on the calendar. Right nice. Then. Um, so leave before we leave the client's home saying, okay, would you like a book, you know, maintenance program? And we kind of mention it at the beginning saying, you know, we do maintenance programs and they almost have like a sense of relief. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, yes, that would be amazing. And so many of my clients, I am beyond fortunate to have had very amazing clients through the years. It's very rare that I've had, you know, an off, you know, something not yeah. bad, but you know, those clients, I just, I, I build these relationships with clients and that's really important to me. And so uh, just making sure I'm in contact with them and sending them follow-ups and, you know, like I said, I'm not always perfect. You know, sometimes it stuff has happened and, you know, it slips through the cracks, but when I do touch base, you know, especially during slow periods, I've touched base with clients and they're like, Oh yes, absolutely. I, you know, I was just thinking I needed to do something. So, you know, you never know with people, but I try to get those maintenance programs before I leave the major, you know, after we did a major session or some people say, Hey, you know, contact me, you know, in two months or, you know, I'll be on vacation. Just send me a follow-up email. So yeah, I think it's like you said, that sigh really of like, okay, so you're going to come and you're going to help me. And then you're not going to leave me. <laughs> you're going to, you'll be here when I need you inevitably when my kids tear the house apart or I'm working late nights. And I don't have time to put everything back like we've designed. So I think that's super smart. I think you're listening to your clients and how their needs are evolving. And I think that's what we need to do as professionals and business owners is offer the things that they're actually asking for, right? Oh, absolutely. Anything else you want to share or, you know, even if you're not, not even sure the answers to, but you just feel like something's coming, something's brewing in 2019 and, and you're not sure what it is or any products that you're super pumped about or anything at all? Oh, you know, I will say about products. So people online and just in general, when we go and meet with them, I, you know, I try to always encourage them to use the products that they have, if at all possible. Um, because sometimes people just have a ton of product already that could mm-hmm. be very useful. But if they're trying to go for an aesthetic thing, then I, you know, products people are very interested in. They always, I always get comments and questions like, where did you get this bin? Where did you get this? Where did, you know, they want to know where they can get this stuff. I will say many projects that I had in 2018, because of people wanting instant gratification, we went Amazon Prime now, a lot of product right there nice. and then uh, the container store here in Houston delivers so we could get products you know immediately or use fape I mean all these different apps make it very convenient to get things right when you need them uh, personally I bring quite a bit of product onto projects just to have on hand if I haven't sent a product list to the client ahead of time or we do it in all different ways but products people love products and they want to know about products and if you can get it on Amazon, they really love that, yes. obviously. Yes. So anything to make their life easier, you know, I think there's going to be, you know, people still love the acrylic that's still big. Labeling, I have noticed in 2018, I did a lot of specialty labels, whether that was on the, you know, computer with a cricket or whatever it may be. 
And, you know, they're all about different things. I mean, it's, it's interesting to see the trends come and go and what people are wanting versus what they used to want. And so, but you also have to know getting all these new products can be, you know, it can add up. I mean, right, really yeah. people don't always realize that. So to have that desired look for very specific products, um, you have to be willing to pay the price for it. So absolutely. So you kind of bring the function and the reality of, Hey, we can give you that Pinterest picture, but it's going to come at this cost. And, but again, you know, because you're, you're working so much and you're so involved in the industry and you're involved in your associations, I'm sure that's helped you even stay, that's helped you stay in the know with new products and what people are using and what they like. So now you're able to bring that quick information to your clients. So again, it's you're as organizers and productivity specialists, we just, we bring so much to the table, I think. And I think knowing that going to 2019 and letting your clients know that like, Hey, I'm here for you when it comes to product knowledge, when it comes to aesthetics and how they can meet with function and I'm not going to leave you once we're done. So that's great. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and for me being, I'm out there so much, so I kind of know where, you know, you can get the less, the same product more or less less expensively, you know, in town or a website or whatnot. So I try to be very budget conscious uh, for my clients because I know I personally want that. So, you know, I try to tell them where I think you could get a better deal if at all possible. So absolutely. Okay, Amy, I want to continue this tradition of leaving our listeners with two sticky notes that they can jot down and then put on their wall wherever they work or study or invoice or what have you. So what two pieces of advice would you leave for our listeners that are high impact and that they can implement today, this week, uh, very soon to make a change in their business in 2019? So I think these are things that you know may not be your traditional high impact uh, sticky notes. But for me, number one, it's just being, I think maybe it's probably for me listening to so many reading and listening to Brene Brown for so many years. Okay. Being vulnerable. I mean, just mm. really, I think it has helped me a lot to be vulnerable with my clients because man, I build these relationships and I get to know them and I get to know their family and they're like my family in so many ways. And I truly care and we can just connect and relate. And so I think that has really helped build relationships that have continued, you know, because so, so many of my uh, client relationships I've had for, you know, seven, eight, sometimes longer years, um, which has been great. And newer clients, you know, we continue to work with and I love it. I absolutely love it. And then being kind and having fun. I mean, for mm-hmm. me, every person that tries to come in or, you know, sends me a resume or an email or, you know, message via social media, I try to always respond and help them in some way, meaning I'm not leaving them always hanging. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm always perfect and do it every single time, but I feel that in an industry where I try not to show, you know, competitiveness because man, there are so many organizers to go around. I mean, here in Houston, there's been an influx of organizers, you know, especially in the past year or two. And everybody has different specialties and niches and different areas. And I mean, you just have to be kind to everyone because you never know who they know. Or I mean, Houston is such a small, big town. And so I think being kind has just really been helpful. And hopefully they we can connect. And organizers who aren't part of NAPO, um, I've connected with here in Houston. And it's interesting to see how they view different things, you know, and I, and I love it because I'm always learning and, and seeing. And then just having fun. Because if you don't have fun, 
I mean, you're just going to hate it. And I love it. (laughs) You know, not every day is going to be a great day. I mean, I have days where I just do not want to go to work, you know, but I think having fun and especially when I'm with my teams, we have, I feel that we have a lot of fun and just with clients too, if you can just be open and joke around and just, I just be, you know, free and fun. That's always, it just makes it so much more enjoyable and makes the time go by faster as well. So I agree. I think you kind of touched on that abundance mindset that I think our industry needs to be reminded of that uh, the more people that come into our industry and bring recognition to it, it's best for all of us, really. If we kept it, you know, to the, the few people who maybe were in it 10, 15, 20 years ago, it's harder to spread that good word. So I think having an abundance mindset, being kind to everyone that you come into contact with, whether they are on the client end or the, the team end or uh, the colleague end, I mean, it's just more fun to be nice anyway, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because you learn so much too. Yes, you learn so much. And I think that vulnerability to be open to your clients is awesome. But also, you can be in business for, you know, 15, 16, 25 years and still be learning something every day from someone who's new to the industry because they've got other insights from their past jobs that might bring value to you in your in your job, right? Like, you just never know when you're going to learn something awesome. Well, Amy, anything else you want to share with our listeners that that will take them into 2019 with vigor and energy? Oh, gosh. Well, go out there. Don't be afraid to push through. If you get told no, (laughs) who cares? Keep on going. That's right. I love it. Where can our listeners check you out? Maybe they're in the Houston area. They want to see if they could work with you, both either on a project or as a client. Where are you hanging out? So you can go to my website, ecomodernconcierge.com. I'm at Eco Modern Concierge. Um, they hang out most on um, Instagram, though, so you can come and hang out there. I love that. Okay, listeners, how about you? What are you going to do in 2019 to make a change, either for the better or maybe a pivot that's something new? Are you going to be more vulnerable this year? Are you going to really practice kindness when it comes to if you're more if more of a veteran in our industry um, and have that abundance mindset? Amy left us with some really awesome ideas. Posting your available times on Instagram, if you're having a slower week, maintenance programs, let your clients know you're not leaving them and you can come back and do a quick refresh. I love that. And that clients today, you know, maybe sometimes they just want a mini transformation while they're at work so they can come home and just feel that sense of accomplishment. You know, they were at work and they also had an amazing professional at their home or wherever doing something for them as well. So whatever that means to you, take these awesome points, see what was going to work well for your you and your business. And if you haven't taken the leap yet to become a business owner, reach out to a NAPO member or any other organizer or productivity specialist in your area. We are happy to chat with you about this amazing industry. I'm Sarah Karakayan, and that wraps up this episode of Stand Out. Thanks for being here with me and learning with me. I'm learning right alongside all of you. If you like this podcast, if you're able to walk away with nuggets of inspiration or something valuable, please, you got to leave us a review and hit that subscribe button. That's how we know we're doing our job right. We want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So in addition, please share with your colleagues, your friends, someone who's thinking about joining this industry. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. So I'll talk to you then. 
That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more. Thank you.